the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer talk to just before his big match on Dynamite tonight against Hangman Page to see who will face Samoa Joe at Revolution. Swerve Strickland joins us. That's right. Swerve's house right here on Busted Open. And we get Tommy Dreamer's take on what is going on with the WWE as we get closer to WrestleMania 40. Rock, Roman, Cody. Tommy's thoughts right now on the Busted Open podcast. Swerve Strickland. Swerve, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. No problem. Thank you for having me. Now, hang wait, on, before Dave. we get it. Hang on, Dave. Well, we got to do ahead. this. Go ahead, Whose interview? <laughs> Swerve's interview. There thank you, Tommy. Go. Good job hey, by you. I'll take it. Bow Swerve, before we <laughs> get into what we're going to see tonight, got to rewind just a little bit. Talk about the Jericho Cruise. You're a big part of the Jericho Cruise. Bully and I were on the cruise. You killed it on stage, you know, on that pool deck in front of over a thousand fans doing what you love. You know, talk about that experience being on the cruise and performing on the cruise. Oh, it was an awesome experience. The fact that I was able to like book my friends to do it with me makes it even better. Those are the guys that's like literally like were my on my mentors in music right now flash you know who's been working with like kanye west on the last donda album you know tz who's been you know tz he's been on here many times literally taught me how to rap from ground up so just to pay it back to those guys and have them experience something like that together that was our first time ever performing all together like i performed with flash before in seattle and i performed with tz on separate occasions at parties and other uh, venues and stuff but the fact that we've got to do it together meant something to us um like four o'clock prime time on the big stage the year before i did it by myself and i like jericho gave me like 30 minutes and like the little small stages inside and he liked it so much i got a good reception the fact that he wanted to put on the big stage like sun beaming down on us it's real hot shirts are coming off like girls are in bikinis it's a great experience yeah. i gotta that's why whoever's like been skeptical on going you definitely got to go because now we got a whole new experience of the Jericho cruise that myself, Swerve, Flash, and TZ have, can provide. And Jericho was really happy with it once it's back again to do it again. But man, we performed some hits, hour long set um, team up where the Avengers on that thing. Swerve, uh, it was definitely uh, entertaining watching you perform. And I, I paid attention to the fan base and how into you they were and your performance getting over in professional wrestling is not that easy to do anymore because mo most of the time people are res uh, responding um to moves with you it's been different oh especially with the past year the natural progression of your relationship with the pro wrestling more specifically aew fan base what do you attribute you getting over with the fan base more and more every week too um it was all about creating an aura about myself that not a lot of people can really provide on the show and the roster i watch a lot of stuff i watch everything i watch like what's going on in this channel what's going on in this channel this program i watch heavily about what's going on in our program 
And I always tell people that are like trying to get a spot on main cards or on TV, a consistent spot, not just like show up one day and you're not going to see them for like another three weeks and stuff. You have to create something that isn't available right now. You have to provide a service. It's just like any boss or any job that you go to. Like, why do I need to keep bringing you back constantly over and over again? You need to provide a service that nobody else can provide. So therefore you become a necessity. And so for me, it was about providing an aura about myself, a look, a feel. And for me, the feel was fear. And I tapped into that with like kidnapping Billy Gunn, breaking his fingers with the acclaim. Then I was like, okay, how do I double down on that? And that was the going to Nick Wayne's school and just doing like a, a film, almost like it was a, I'm a big horror horror film person. So it was just like tapping into like movies like Hostel. That was just movies that made you feel uncomfortable, but it was also very real too. It wasn't too spooky type horror film. It was just like, no, this could really happen. That's a very fearful thought and feeling to have. And some people it may be a little traumatic, um, but it triggers something in you to get a feel for that person, that character, that act, that, that, um, segment that's going on so it just keep tapping on to those things so that was for me that worked for me and just the fact that it was an african-american character in that setting doing those things it made it just unique and different because we don't really see that kind of stuff in our culture we were kind of like the showmans we're very showy and very like loud and eccentric and a lot of our gimmicks and stuff i wanted to be like what if i went the other way and made like like very serial killer-esque type vibes and like home invasion type feels and stuff. And they're just like, oh, wow, this is something unique we haven't seen. And that's what worked for me. So I employed, and I feel like the fans really gravitated to that. They see something that has reminded them in other films and stuff. And they do, and I just kept doubling, doubling down and tapping in. Uh, I, I, I loved your answer. And it, your answer also gives me a little bit more of a background of how your character is is based on the character Blade, correct? Uh, it's based off of Wesley Snipes. It was honestly, the core of it when I was in NXT was based on Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man. It was just like- ah, okay, yes, 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 yes. Thank you for yeah, correcting yeah, me, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, but uh, it's a lot of also Wesley Snipes-esque um, mannerisms in his acting. Then I went to like New Jack City when I kind of transitioned over into uh, the mogul embassy, mogul affiliates type of genre. But then I started like really feeling like a lot of rappers that I'm a fan of, like Playboy Cardi with the, the black leather and all those things, then braiding the hair back. And then the, like the, the people call it eyeliner, it's eyeshadow. But like just those little elements of me were just starting to change and people weren't noticing it, but they felt something do. And it was a purpose because like it was something that Sting did to me that affected me, that transitioned me to where I am. It's just like a, a purpose for why things happen. But but Swerve, like, and, and just keeping on the theme of, like, horror movies, it's almost like, you know, more mainstream, like a Freddy Krueger or like a Herbert West, where the character is so over, even though he's evil and demented, the fans love him. That's kind of happened with you on AEW TV. As demented as your character is and the bad that you have done, the fans love you. Was that intentional or did that surprise you that you've gotten so much love from the fan base? Uh, this is a, it's a thing of like, we, 
we kind of go with how they feel. We can't control how the fans are going to feel about something. If they feel a certain way, you kind of go with it and flow with it. You know, especially like city to city to city, you get to try those things. It's trial and error. And you try and then you see what goes on, see how they react, see the response of those things. And you kind of maneuver according to that. And that's kind of where me and Hangman were. We saw the responses that started in Seattle at Wrestle Dream. Like we knew the fans were going to be kind of like for me being in my hometown and my city and all like that. So we kind of went that way with it. We didn't like pivot. We kind of egged it on. And if you look at Roman, he's a, the biggest heel in the business, but people acknowledge him every city they go to and they bow down to him and they rise up when that music hits. So there's no real difference. It's like, he's still going to be him. He's not going to pivot to what he's doing. Paul Heyman's not going to pivot from what he's doing and neither is solo. So why should I, you know, <laughs> like, so I'm going to keep doing what I do. As long as I get a response, I'm going to keep doing what I do. As long as there's a some type of reaction, some type of connection, and some people like just kind of like further dissecting and trying to really understand the character, that gives me way more uh, longevity than like a lot of different characters that we have. And stripping those things down, it gives me more time of people wanting to invest in me on television. Hey, uh, Swerve, I've known you for a long, long time, uh, just watching you from, you know, afar, as well as listening to you. Uh, Bubba asked the, like, the how. I want to know when. When did it click for you? Because it clicks for every wrestler differently. When did you? Because I, I, I see it in your confidence in the ring. But when did this be like, boom, I get it now. Because you could do everything in the ring. I mean, you are one of the, you know, most, I mean, you could brawl, you can fly, you're innovative, you've done it all, wrestling moves-wise, but when did it just click for you? Because, I mean, we're um, seeing the results of it happening. Well, for me, it was just like, uh, honestly, it was trying all those different things like brawling, trying flying, trying lucha, trying British, trying all these grappling things. And compiling all those things together, I was like, okay, I got my, I got those down. Now, what works best for me? Then it was just combining all those things together. But now I have the skill set and the ability to comp to put it together. But when I was in NXT and I was in classes with Terry Taylor and in the ring with him, when I really got in the ring with him, it was just something he said. It was just like, um, it's not about. He said something along the lines of like how do people make, how do you make people feel about what you're doing in the ring? And it's not about like the competitor. It's about the person. And when right there is just like, Oh, that just, I just opened another side of my brain that I haven't walked through yet. That I haven't discovered. It's like, now I have this, it, I thought I wasn't in an apartment this whole time. No, now I'm in an actually like condominium with multiple floors. That's what it is. just like all these different ideas. start flooding. And then it was just like, I need to make, how would a person interact, not just wrestlers, but how do people interact in situations of conflict? And I kind of took that concept and just put it into my matches. And that's where it really clicked. That's where it stopped being about like memorization. It stopped being about um, uh, formatting and templates. It just became about, I'm me, you're you, let's fight. I'm me, you're you, we have a problem. And that's where the matches really just became easy. And I stopped getting nervous. Like even when Triple H is like, like walking out, he'd be like, 
uh, are you sure you can handle this? I'm like, I got this. And I would just go. And like people like what road dog at that time was like, he was worried. He was like, all right, I think I make the time. Triple H was like, no, nah, he got it. And then, so it got infectious. And so therefore, like when I got to Tony Khan and these bigger matches, I'd be like, Hey, Tony, anything you want out of this? He's like, you got it. And it just trickled over because that feeling that I had and that confidence, which is I call myself swerve confident, that confidence, it became infectious to the people that are putting me in the position. And that's what you want. You want someone to be like, Oh, I can put him with Sting in front of 80,000 people. He got it. Like, oh, I can put him with like Jeff Hardy, RVD, Billy Gunn. I can put him with these legends. He'll, he'll be good. Tanahashi. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, Swerve, speaking of RVD, take me as behind the curtain as you feel comfortable. What was it like wrestling RVD? Oh, uh, just, just understanding where the evolution of all this began, the style and the style that I grew up loving and stuff and just being able to mix it with this man, this, like, I don't feel like that he's a man. He's like, that's a story. Like, RVD is like a story, like the story of RVD. Like now I'm competing with this man and he's still like high caliber performing. And it was to a sense, it was like, man, I got to keep up with him. He was fantastic. Um, in shape, mind still sharp as a nail. Um, just an unreal experience for the crowd that we had and to main event with that man on television is incredible. Um, hats off to him, st staying in shape, still like showcasing to these young guys, like this is why I am who I am. This is like why y'all do what I've invented like 30 years ago. Like that's, that's he's awesome. true revolutionary, yeah. Uh, tonight on Dynamite, big episode of Dynamite tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, coming out of Phoenix, Arizona on TBS. You have this match with Hangman Page. The winner of this match faces the AEW world champion Samoa Joe at Revolution. This is a great opportunity for you, Swerve, for multiple reasons. We look at you and what you've developed with your character. We look how popular you are right now with the AEW fan base. This is a good position to possibly be the face of AEW, and this would be the first big step for that. Is that something that you thought about, being a world champion and being the face of AEW? Yeah, yes, I have. Um, I said it in my promo on Collision this Saturday. I said um, I'm setting out to do what I said I was going to do in my first day on AEW when I debuted at Revolution. You know, I was going to be a champion. I was going to take titles away from the, some of your favorites, you know, and to like two years to the day, almost to, to the pay-per-view that I debuted, we're coming up on revolution. And I'm right now is my one step to get to that, to make my prophecy come true. Um, I don't think we've had anybody in this position like I am in a long time on across industry wide, you know, um, I have a lot of pressure on my shoulders, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't think I could handle it and anybody else didn't think I could handle it. It's just a matter of just um, doing what I do, but still looking ahead at the same time. It's a little difficult to do both at the same. You kind of got to be um, have preparation and be preparatory to these certain actions and these certain things that are about to unfold coming up. But at the same time, you got to be dialed into the moment now. And that's always hard, but I'm still learning and figuring these things out. And once again, I'm taking what I have and I'm just molding it and growing with 
the moments, not necessarily the action. I'm growing with the moment. And I want to make sure I stay in the moment, keep the moment. And that's what I want the fans to see. Hold on to these moments. You know, Swerve, uh, just last quick thing for me. Uh, it sounds like you learned a lot in the WWE and you're applying it in AEW. A hundred percent. I would say so. Yeah, I would say it, it, like a lot of people say like, oh, you do these indies and stuff to prep to get to WWE. Well, WWE prepped me to get to here and become what I, you know, with this, with, with, with the AEW and build and be a, like a cornerstone of the company. And that's awesome in a sense too. And I don't think there's been a lot of people that really come out and make, create that narrative themselves. And like a lot of people have the story of, Oh, I wasn't utilized. Right. And I was like, I wasn't this. I didn't, they didn't do this. I'm like, no, I've learned. <laughs> I, I got, I got there and learned to be able to go to AW and create and do something to the biggest I can yeah. do it with AW. You know, I, I didn't take uh, NXT like at the time. Yeah. It was like, a slight, of course, it was painful and it was a bad experience at the time with um, NXT to SmackDown and to being let go. And I felt that pain, but I allow myself to feel that. And I'm like, okay, I can't do anything about it. How do I, what do I do with it? And I took something with it and I used it and to make, created a tool. And what you're seeing now is my tool building what it was meant to build in AW. Well, and it starts tonight. Yeah, Swerve, I can't wait for tonight. Again, AEW Dynamite tonight, uh, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time out of Phoenix. Uh, big match for Swerve against Hangman Page. The winner is going to face your AEW world champion at Revolution. Swerve, thank you so much for always being a friend of the show. Good luck tonight and can't wait to see you with that gold around your waist. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Bully. Appreciate you, Tommy. Thank you, Dave. Keep up right. the good work, Swerve. Yo, what's going on? This is Bully Ray from Busted Open on Sirius XM's Fight Nation. For 15 years, we brought you the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. And now, we're bringing you even more. Yo, guys, welcome to Busted Open After Dark. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. The only place to party on Wednesday nights is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully. Download it on Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. I want to get Tommy's thoughts on everything that's been going on, Tommy, with Cody and The Rock, starting from SmackDown on Friday, bleeding into what we saw this past Monday night on Raw. Well, if I could go back just a little bit, as you know, I was on the fence about finishing the story at WrestleMania. Until I sat with Cody and we interviewed him. You can listen to it on the SiriusXM app. And he said, yeah, I feel the story has to be at WrestleMania versus Roman. Looked me dead in my eyes and told me that. Um, and I 100% believed it. And then when he won the Royal Rumble, I was like, man, this is going to be great. And I was really, really excited and in getting in into this, like more than ever. Then we hear the news, CM Punk gets hurt. That's a massive, massive blow to where I want to go with WrestleMania overall grand scheme. Then we have The Rock shows up. Nice little whispering in the ear. No promos. Walks away. Right then and there, and I was like, hmm. 
as you heard and saw over the weekend, uh, I think Cody was trending for over 72 hours and not just wrestling trending, trending worldwide, all that stuff because of this. Then we have the follow-up. My initial reaction was, man, this is a tough one uh, because of business. I would have said Cody, Seth, uh, if Cody didn't win the Rumble, uh, or CM Punk, Roman, Rock getting involved. There's all these different plans, always cards subject to change, and this is so hard. But I want to ask you something, Dave, and and you know I know Bully will understand where I'm going. Can you name me the top three Rock matches in his entire career? Well, the Rock Hogan. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. That's exactly where I wanted you to go. Um, we all say that. Myself, Bully Ray, Mark Henry are friends with The Rock. We've traveled with The Rock. Me and Bully Ray travel with The Rock during this time when he had that match. Bully, uh, Mark, and myself all found out when we did a podcast about it. You could also listen to that in the SiriusXM app. That we all went out during WrestleMania in Toronto to watch that match. We wanted to experience it live. And we couldn't believe the flip of the switch of the crowd. And how... Like, what we are witnessing, like, man, we can't believe this. And it became, just like you said, one of the most iconic rock matches of all time. How they're setting all this up, oh, this script is now flipped. And I also think Bully and Mark, if he was here and yourself, would agree that that match probably should have been the main event of that WrestleMania, where you didn't think that would have happened, but it is. I just feel... Is it, it's probably the hardest decision ever to make. But I think we're going to have a historic match when it comes to Rock versus Roman. And by historic, if you did not have the Rock out there that night to kind of call the audible and start to work as the heel, that match wouldn't have been as iconic. And it still was a really damn good match. So I personally want to see Cody finish the story versus Rock, uh, versus Roman. However, I think this is actually going to add to Cody. And, man, I'm telling you, Dave, and I know, and I'm a Cody supporter. The biggest Cody supporter, I hired him into WWE. And Cody even said, I should have gave you a shout-out on Raw, and I apologize when he was standing there with CM Punk. But Again, I'm watching this unfold, and it, it's it's made Cody a bigger star. And the best part about it is it's a business decision that doesn't affect Cody. If I could just give my last personal experience with this, if anyone deserved to be on Barely Legal in a match for the first pay-per-view for a company, it was me. I did everything for that company. Hell, I helped write the pay-per-view. And then Paul said, I have to take you out. You're giving up your spot for Terry Funk. And, I, dude, I was pissed. I was upset. But then the moment my boss said, this is a bigger story, and honestly, like, and then exactly how 
he broke it down to me. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Wouldn't you do anything to help Terry Funk? And wouldn't Tommy Dreamer give up any opportunity if it was Terry Funk's last chance? I was like, you're right. And right then and there, Paul sold it to me. I'm 26 years old, and I want to be on this show as hard as I could possibly have ever wanted to be on a show. And then I understood the business. I can tell you from other side of business, now being 52 years old, where, yes, there are times that, like, you have to, like, what's the bigger overall picture? And it sucks. It truly, truly sucks. If I could give you one more, and I don't ever give behind-the-scenes stuff. I have to ask you one question. Don't lose your train of thought. You have one more. When you... When you, when Paul pulled you, was that storyline related or real life? It was storyline related. So Tommy Dreamer had to step to the side for Terry Funk, right? Yes. Did you let the people know why you did it? No. Uh, maybe I did. I don't remember. Maybe in a promo. I don't remember that part, but. It was, I was the guy who was supposed to, you know, take on Raven. I was like, I don't want to say the number one contender. I have to go back and watch it because I don't remember. But all I remember, I think because I probably blocked it out because I wasn't. uh, But I gave my shot to Terry Funk. Do you believe that the people loved you more for stepping to the side for Terry Funk? Yes. And then I was also the man. You see where I'm going here, Dave? And I was also the man that helped Terry Funk win the title. Keep going, Tommy. What was your last point? Uh, I never peel back the curtain on on stuff. Business-wise, hard to kill. I took myself off the show because it was better for the show to have me on the pre-show. And then, but I had to also explain that to Crazy Steve, where, hey, man, this is where they're going with this. We'll actually have more time on the pre-show to tell this, to have this match. And he was dejected as well. I want to be, and it's like, you are on the show, but these are things that happen. We just did a whole masterclass where I'm crying. Mark Henry's crying about losing WrestleMania matches. This is a whole other story. And and like, if it comes down to business, business wise, uh, if, unless they've totally changed their stuff, being in the main event of WrestleMania is a massive payday. It's not like other places where, hey, this is what you're going to get paid. You don't get paid off the house. This is a financial if I'm not the main event against Roman. But what if you're the main event again in night one? So these are all things to take accountable for. But also then there's the business side of it. And then there's also like... There was no way in hell I could have changed Paul's mind, but I also understood it. And yes, it made me a bigger um, star in that company. So I understand it. I don't like it if I'm a fan, but then there's always other factors that you have to really like take into accounting for. So what's your plan for Cody? Um, I'm just answering this question. I don't have that plan. Obviously, it's him versus Seth. 
Um, okay, then forget about my question. Can you please sum up your answer? My answer is I think the Rock and Rock and Roman is the way that they're going to go. And when I say it's going to be best for business, I think it's best for business in the long term. If you're telling me they're going to put the title on the Rock, I'd be like, hmm. But if you're telling me Rock versus Roman, it's going to help Cody because Cody literally had to step aside. And Cody had to say, here you go. And if there's fans, like, I mean, obviously, like, but, like, then I'm thinking of performance. And I'm thinking of, because now if you also think about it, Rock is the older performer. And, like, he's pretty much the Hulk Hogan where I got to also have this great match with this younger person. And, and there's so many different, like, things that you got to think about. It's also, honestly, what has everybody been talking about? This story. And yes, it has gotten sidetracked. And my whole thing is, like, again, I get it. The story, we wanted it. Like, we waited a year. It was the perfect moment. But then people got hurt. Okay, yeah. Tommy, I, I want to talk. You just mentioned about the actual match. A, a caller uh, called in yesterday and made a suggestion about tribal warfare, especially if this is not for the Universal Championship. If it's for the bloodline, the head of the table, we've already seen tribal warfare between Jay and Roman. It would make even more sense between Rock and Roman. Do you do a match that caters to Rock's um, in-ring ability right now where he hasn't wrestled in 10 years where you, you know, it's 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 very it's basically a glorified no DQ match and you layer it up old school ECW style. Uh, that is, excuse me, an easier match to have. But I mean, it's also Rock has the time to get in sh in ring shape, and I yeah. But he also had the time to get in ring shape against Cena, and he was ten years younger, and he still had a little bit of a of an issue keeping up. Yeah, and he got hurt. Yeah. Um. Hey, that this is a possibility. These are all possibilities. It's a risk for The Rock to come back. And think of that. Hey, man, Rock, you may fail at something, which will motivate Rock more than ever. If you listen to that pop and that when it happened in the moment, and people were like, whole, I mean, dude, it was explosive. The, it was the, also in Alabama who hadn't had a surprise like The Rock for 20 years. I know. And then we saw what happened afterwards where, you know, listen, everybody, you're going to greatness happens through trials and tribulations, right? Think of the job that Seth Rollins had to go out there and they're booing him. And then when Cody has to say something, they're like, please don't say this. Please don't say this. But then like, again, the greatness of then Drew McIntyre coming out and being like, dude, I told you guys, like I set this all up and we should be cheering for Drew, but then he acts like an asshole. So you're seeing all these different layers of people. Dave, it's literally if me, you and Bully were fighting of how we're going to interject all this stuff. Uh, overall picture, I think this is, you know, WrestleMania 40 is going to be a big thing. I think they're probably... And I could be by design. I think they're going to boo the Rock and cheer Roman, I, especially in especially in Philly. But there's a few things here, Tommy, 
I mean, I think you would agree that right now things are a mess. Like, they had a clear... Like, I, I still believe that, A, number one, that WrestleMania 40 was going to be the biggest WrestleMania of all time. You know, financially, every eyes on the product. Because WrestleMania 39 was the biggest, and I believe WrestleMania 4 was even going to be... WrestleMania 40 is going to be even bigger than WrestleMania 39. That's number one. Number two is you had a clear-cut path to the main event for WrestleMania 40 that it felt like, at least to me, tell me if I'm wrong, guys, that everybody was happy with. Cody just won the Rumble. Even people that weren't buying into Cody were now buying into Cody after his Rumble victory. And they were fine with the direction that this was going into. What you just did is you threw a grenade into the room and everything is a mess right now. You just said it, Tommy. Now you have people booing Seth Rollins. You have people not wanting Cody to say that he wants Seth Rollins. You have Roman Reigns ripping Seth Rollins to shreds and that World Heavyweight Championship after they did such a great job of building up Seth and that championship. And now your fan base is completely fractured. Now you have online fighting. You have people that are on the Cody side and people that are on the Rock side. You're making people choose. Plus, you're putting this main event at Philadelphia where we know that you're most likely going to have a hijack at WrestleMania 40. For what? For what reason? Why did they feel the need to do this now? You had a clear-cut path, and everybody was on board, and everybody was happy. There was a way to do this, Tommy, without having to make it a mess, and it just feels like, to me, right now, things can change over the next two months, but it feels like they went down a path that was the absolute wrong path that just completed 100% chaos within the WWE universe. Um, man. Uh, let me tell you, let me go this side. I don't think it's, it's created chaos. Um, but, uh, what did Eric Bischoff say? Controversy creates cash. Dave, this is big business. This is also new ownership. This is new ownership where they got handed a heavy, heavy negative, with a, a scandal mm -hmm. and this is like, I don't want to say distraction, but what are we all more talking about than what we, well, people that, are calling are that part, Tommy. I people know that, but that's that. part of business. And then again, when you're a publicly traded company and like, honestly, does TKO have anything to involved in that? What happened? No, but yet people are going to be blaming them. So now it's like, Hey, we got to go this route. I, I, the one thing I will disagree with you about where you say it's, it was the most, I think this will top last year's and become the most watched WrestleMania because the best way about wrestling and the best thing about like, honestly, if I told you today, the 49ers are going to beat the chiefs by 17 points on Sunday. Here's the exact score. I know what's going to happen. Would you watch it? No. I don't know. You might watch it, or you may just watch the end and say, oh, wow, Dreamer was right. In wrestling, everybody thinks they know what's going to happen, but the beauty of what we do is we could change it. And that's, I jokingly, but I always say, just when they think they have all the answers, 
I change the questions. Thank you, Roddy Piper. I love and I miss you. And that's the beauty of what we do here. Dave, that we had a player go down. We had a main event. I would have loved straight up friggin' Seth versus Punk, Cody versus Roman. Rock helps Cody, uh, interferes in the match, and Rock, uh, Cody's your new champion. I would have loved that. That would have been my favorite two nights of WrestleMania. But uh, we're not, I don't think we're getting that. Listen, there was a bigger story. I mean, not a bigger story, but like this Bailey EO Sky thing. That was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was. It was so good. But think of what happened. Like when you say, yes, chaos, it got overshadowed by The Rock's appearance. And I don't care if it was in Alabama, if it was in LA, if it was at Madison Square Garden, it would get that same reaction. Um, Because he's The Rock. And it's like, like I said, man, I would go, if I'm WWE, I go all out. Hey, I know you guys all get involved. I know you guys, uh, I'd break the glass and have Steve Austin. This guy's going to be in my corner. And it, oh, if you want to get involved, guess what? I break John Cena's music out. He's going to be in my corner. And then if Roman still somehow wins and now Cody's like, hey, dude, guess what? I'm still here. I, well, that is, but Tommy, the biggest thing, and I think this is what Bully was alluding to earlier, is that we have to hear all of this from Cody. Cody won the Royal Rumble. Cody won the Rumble, which gives you a main event match at WrestleMania. Cody said in his promo on Friday, and he pointed at that undisputed WWE Universal Championship, and he said, that's the championship that Bruno San Martino held. That's the championship that my father thought he won and it slipped through his fingers. And I want that championship, just not at WrestleMania. Well, we have to understand why. Why would you do that? Like Bully said, I believe it was yesterday, that's like the 49ers winning the NFC championship game and saying, but you know what, Detroit, the way you guys played this year, you really deserve it. So even though we won the game, we're going to step aside and let you play in the Super Bowl. Didn't he start to say it and it got interrupted? I I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. I drew. We didn't hear his complete mission statement. He didn't say, and I'm gonna fight you for that title uh come WrestleMania, Seth Rollins. That match has not been announced. That it hasn't. But if, if you, we're getting Tommy, rocking, who, what, when, where, why, and how that I don't know why my Uber baby face who the entire world is behind right now, stepped to the side. If you don't answer me that question, not you, if Cody doesn't answer the question of why, why should I have faith in him? Um, it is a different business, even like some of the terminology that they were using uh, in that thing. Like, hey, we all know the finish. And I was like, huh? Roman always uh, wins. And like I said, Drew being a bit of the driven catalyst during all this is something. But here's then again, I understand it's WrestleMania 40. Then it's Monday. And like the Super Bowl is going to happen on Sunday. And there's no more football, ladies and gentlemen, in the NFL until a couple of months. You know, we're going to be talking about baseball if we're sports people, hockey and basketball. But for 
for us in wrestling, that's happening Saturday, Sunday. Guess what we have? Monday. So, yeah, so but, Cody but, is going to tell us on Monday why no, he stepped to the I'm side? What I'm saying is whatever happens at WrestleMania happens then, and then the cycle, you know this, the cycle moves forward to where they're going to go. And I, I feel that Cody is that beloved, and this story, if it goes the right path, he'll be even a more bigger babyface because he already is. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Yesterday on the show, I said, I truly believe in my heart that WWE has Cody's best interest in mind with with this story moving forward. I said, however, if they don't have him speak and explain to me why he's one of only four men to go back to back in the Royal Rumble, and now not take his opportunity at WrestleMania. You won the Rumble last year, and you took your shot, Roman, and now you've been trying to get back towards that title. You win the Rumble again, but you step to the side for The Rock. As of right now, based on characters and story, Rock looks like he bullied Cody Rhodes out of the main event. Dave, yes or no? It's 100% true. And, and Bully, I'll take it. Bully, I'll, I, Tommy, you just mentioned the interview we had with Cody. You interviewed Cody the day before the Rumble. And Cody told you, asked him straight up, it was a great question, Tommy. Does this match need to happen at WrestleMania? And his answer was yes. His answer was yes. Finish the story. I need that championship. He told you specifically, you and Sam Roberts, it needs to happen at WrestleMania. There were tears in his eyes. DDP was in the media scrum after the Royal Rumble and congratulated Cody. And Cody was crying after winning the Rumble. And now he's just going to step aside and not take that opportunity? I, 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 we need an act. I, as a Cody fan... Need to hear an explanation on why you stepped aside. Because if that explanation doesn't happen, if Cody never on TV with microphone in hand says to the WWE Universe and me as a Cody fan why he decided to step aside, then yes, my thought in my brain is always going to be that The Rock bullied him out of that position politicked him out of that position it's it's damage control from the wwe it's going to be all those factors unless i hear it from cody's mouth why he decided to step aside for the rock can uh i just throw this at you dave just so and dave i'm in greens with you i'm and i do feel we're going to get it and i do feel it is a risk but it's also a business risk that at times you have to take but let me ask you this, and we could use this as a lovely little teaser. Um, they come to you, they, the powers that be, the the suits, and say, Dave, um, you've done a, an amazing job. We feel you're too close to this. WrestleMania, we want Tommy to handle WrestleMania. Plus, you know, he may be getting better ratings than you, blah, blah, blah. Could you step aside for the show to let Tommy do the busted open show not fire you but just like tommy has to lead host I, I i would never do that in a million years why would i do that why would i step aside tommy and i love you tommy and listen you took you did a great job filling in at the rumble because i had already made a commitment to the jericho cruise right but like for but if serious- they said it's for the betterment of the show 
and it's just going to be this short little thing, you don't th- you wouldn't do that. No, because I worked my ass for 15 years to get into the position to be able to do this WrestleMania show. So if there's a legitimate reason why I need this, from what you just said, Tommy, from the reasoning you just gave me, then I shouldn't just step aside for that one weekend. I should step aside permanently because you and the suits at SiriusXM just said, Dave, you, go, you don't cut the mustard. You're not good enough. So I, that's how I'm taking it. Well, I guess I'm not good enough to be the lead host to take us to WrestleMania. If I'm no, not good enough. No, I en- just meant for the day of the show because you were so tied into this one story. And, and I, listen, I get it. You gave your answer. Yeah, but no, but but on that end, on that end, the way you're explaining it, that's Dave, exactly. I know, I know where he, I know the chess match he's playing right now. What he's saying is. They want you to be a company man for the day, so you step aside and give Tommy the shot. So they want they, they want com- Cody to be the company guy and step aside and let Rock in. If I'm Cody, I'm saying, okay, you need me to be the company guy? You still have the big plan for me in as my end result? I'm still going to have my moment in the sun? I'm still going to have the big pay- payoff? Fine. But you have to give me ammunition right now. I cannot go out there and not tell the people why I'm stepping aside. So you need me to be a company guy behind the scenes? Fine. Give me verbiage that I can go tell my masses of why I stepped aside. The Rock came to me. The Rock came to me. uh, I don't even want to. I think we are going to get that. The, the, the rock came to me and I always, I've been using the kidney example. He told me he needed a kidney. So I gave him a kidney and I'm le- letting him wrestle at WrestleMania. Cody has to be honorable. Cody has to. I agree. I, I'm just saying like, you know, I think we will get that explanation. Every day that goes by. Bullshit. That we don't. What? Bullshit. Okay. For you, yes. You you, you have listen, the biggest you went, Cody fan right there. I know. He's telling you. But then it's also Look what's the going episodic- on, right? Look at the mess that's happening right we now. We are arguing no, over this. No, but, they, but, but Tommy, look at the mess that's been caused. They're showing The Rock at live events. We had on-site reports on our show yesterday that throughout that show on Monday Night Raw, Three people called in and confirmed it that throughout that show on Monday night there was Rocky Sucks chance. They acknowledged it on television. I loved it. Is this nineteen ninety six? Nineteen ninety six was a pretty good year for pro wrestling. But but it, but then don't tell me that you're bringing back the Rock because it's best for business because everybody's on board. When right now fans are the, the WWE universe. I I can honestly say, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I don't remember a time when the WWE universe has been so fractured over a WWE storyline like they are right now. That fan base is fractured right now because of this. Fractured. And do you really want that to happen this close to WrestleMania, which which was on course to being the biggest WrestleMania of all time? Um, I don't know how fractured it is. I, I mean, I agree that it's fractured, but I, again, business-wise is is a whole other thing. 
And Dave, I'm just going to throw this at you as well. There's two famous iconic things that also happened, I want to say, around the 90s um, with two of the, the greatest players of all time. Michael Jordan goes back to back. There's a picture of him. He's got beer. He's got a, a cigar in his mouth. And he goes like this, three-peat. Derek Jeter runs off the field. Same thing. They win back-to-back, and they go three-peat. This is them saying it. And the next year happened, and they went and did it. That's also my biggest part of this story, and that's why I also say Cody is that type of talent, and I'm putting him in the Michael Jordans and the Derek Jeters. So kind of the, that's where Tommy, I'm standing. Tommy, this isn't the Chicago Bulls or the New York Yankees. This is the Buffalo Bills. You I went disagree. you went to the Rumble and you lost. You went to the Rumble and now you went to the Rumble lost at WrestleMania. You went to the Rumble and now you're giving up your WrestleMania spot. Third time's a charm. Third time might be, you know what? We're tired of seeing Cody in this situation. Because the first time he was in a situation, he lost. And the second time he was in a situation, he gave up his position. Now I'm supposed to buy into him the third time he wins the Royal Rumble? That's yes, taking you know a why? big chance. But hang on. But I get it. But it's also because I'm a Cody fan. And I believe in him. But he just gave up his spot. So uh, all that the people hasn't like happened me- yet. No matches oh, are come announced. on, man. They're, he's giving up his spot. You're going to see it, and you're going to get more sympathy on the guy because people like you Why? are going to say. It wasn't taken away. It was he, taken gave it away. he gave it away. He gave it away. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it up. He gave it up, man. He wasn't taken from him. He gave it up. He said, fuck it here. Fuck it here. That's what he did. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.